Fierce Podcast. This is Sabrina Monarch, and this is a show about spiritual lifestyle and personal evolution. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, a clairvoyant, and a thought leader, and I started this podcast to have more eclectic conversations about astrology as well as all things spiritual and personal development. I had Kira of The Astrology to talk about the astrology of your 20s, and this was so clarifying. I got chills and I made all these new connections from this conversation about this era of my own life as I'm in my Saturn return now and approaching the end of my 20s. And I know this episode is going to spark novel connections for those of you listening, whether you are in your 20s, whether you're at the start of them, whether you're reflecting on your 20s retrospectively, um, or gaining greater context to understand people who are currently in their 20s, perhaps people that you work with, or if you're an astrologer, people that you're giving readings to. My early 20s, myself, were so dramatic and cataclysmic. It's actually what catapulted me into studying astrology was crisis at age 21. And, you know, here I am approaching my Saturn return professional astrologer. It lines up actually. But I remember meeting people or having friends who are older than me and really trying to grapple with this question of, you know, does it get better? And why do you seem so fucking calm and grounded? Have you lost your passion or zest for life? Or have you figured something out that I can't comprehend yet? So it felt really magical to go through this whole comprehensive arc in this conversation with Kira, where she's outlined the myriad astrological events of one's 20s that are universal like the closing Saturn square and the opening Uranus square at 21, the second Jupiter return at 24, and more. So for clarification here, there's other transits. Say if you have your sun in Capricorn and basically Pluto entered Capricorn in 2008. So at some point between 2008 and now, not this whole time, but at some point this transit... um, would have occurred if Pluto conjunct your sun. And that transit is something that would be a little bit more unique to your chart in terms of your age group, because not everyone in your age group has sun and Capricorn. But there are developmental transits, that's a name I tend to call them, that do basically happen at the same age for everyone, like the first Saturn return occurs around the age 28 or 29. And the reason that some of these transits you know, you can track them with everyone is that they're based off of variables that aren't so different. Like everyone has a natal Saturn placement and around 28 years later, Saturn will return in the sky to that same place. So we're talking about events like that so that we can get a map of what your twenties are like astrologically. Yeah, I have to go back to what I said because now I feel awkward. But yeah, when I was early, you know, in my early 20s, I've had all this like passion, all this kind of extra energy and, you know, a kind of recklessness with that too. And the idea of toning it down or becoming mature, becoming responsible sounded so awful to me. Like it, I didn't want to compromise my truth or my passion or my fire, you know, and sometimes... I would speak to people and they'd be like, yeah, you'll calm down when you're older. And that just really freaked me out to hear. Um, In reality, I have not calmed down. Um, I have become more grounded and I feel like more responsible and maybe like skillful with my energy. Um, And 
Yeah, there, there has been a change. And so having that kind of memory in my mind of, you know, I remember being at like a, a fashion and like psychic store and just talking with these women who were like post Saturn return and they just seemed so amazing. Like they were cool people. They had a glow and they just kind of gave, you know, this knowing kind of nod and smile of like, yeah, your twenties are hard, but you figure it out. And all along (laughs) this had happened multiple times where I was like, well, okay, cool. I'm going to live it out. (laughs) No one's telling me how this happens. But then when I found developmental transits and these things that you can map astrologically, personal development through the twenties started to make a lot more sense. And this is why this is a topic that I feel is so exciting is that you can actually locate yourself in time and know kind of what initiations you're going through. Like the transits at age 21 are a total initiation, just like your Saturn return is an initiation, just like your Uranus opposition around 41 is an initiation. And it's just good to know the lay of the land so that you can live it up and live into these things. And as you will find in this episode too, with perspectives that Kira is bringing in, there are certain ways to like validate what you're going through and also like positive forms of reassurance for these time periods um, that are relevant based on the transits, based on your development. That's also really helpful to know. Kira is also a podcaster. She hosts The Astrology Show, which I've had the honor of appearing on. The Astrology Show is truly an epic library of astrological education. And Kira creates so much community in the astrological world. Kira's love of astrology and love of astrology community and the drive that she has around that brings so much brightness into my world and I know for others as well. I feel like every conversation I've had with her on or off the air catalyzes something for me because Kira has this oracular solar way. She casually, accurately predicts when things will happen in my life and her perspectives are intensely illuminating as per her day chart, day babe magic. You can also find her Earlier on this podcast, episode 37, we did a podcast about the astrology of millennials and Gen Z. And some announcements before we begin. My evolutionary astrology intensive is beginning again May 10th, 2021. The deadline to enroll is May 7th. This is a introductory but deep dive course about evolutionary astrology, which resources at a technical level, Pluto and the lunar nodes for a portrait of any individual's karma, what they've brought into this life from prior lives and what's the evolutionary intention or direction, Dharma even of this particular lifetime, how everything that we're experiencing in this life is actually collaborating with our soul's desires, you know, the things that are the most difficult for us relate to the places that we are learning certain lessons or the ways that we kind of alchemize our life circumstances, um, the raw material of our life, so to say. So the things that we have 
a very natural grasp on or our environment is very supportive of versus where we've struggled um, and how we have gained deeper awareness of our own power through that. This form of astrology is really close to my heart. I've been practicing it since 2012 after being into astrology since I was a kid. But this form of astrology found me at a rock bottom time period in my life where I didn't know if things were going to be okay. Like I felt like I had epically fucked up my life. (laughs) And, you know, I was 21, which is pretty relevant (laughs) to the theme of this particular episode. But I found this form of astrology, um, studied with my first teacher, Ari Moshe, and radically discovered that I could speak the language of astrology, that I could form my own delineations. And that's the spirit that I teach in as well, is that when you, when you learn the system, when you learn the language, you also learn how to speak it. And learning how to speak evolutionary astrology is is a really deep dive into the mystical psychological depth orientations to any of the archetypes. In this course, we cover the planets, the signs, houses, aspects, planetary phases, how to put it all together, resourcing Pluto and the lunar nodes, and each of these modules, you know, in addition to being informative about astrology, you know, it's really a wisdom school to dive this deeply into the archetypes and discover our own relationship to them. Students have often called this course, you know, very transformative or therapeutic. As for the structure of the course, the course contains video modules that you watch at your own time, though we meet every week as a group to discuss these modules. And then at the end, the class culminates by us reading each other's charts people sharing their charts. It's been a really remarkable experience, this course. Um, community has really formed in it. That's something that that's something that I really feel like I gained from my time in higher education was learning about curriculum creation, you know, learning about pedagogy, but also learning about classroom communities. And the classes that I took where everyone bonded and like everyone became friends, I took very careful note of how that happened and seek to basically create that community experience. Um, when I teach this course, because I have always had friends online, have always formed astrology community since I've been, you know, out in the public about being an astrologer and whatnot. And It's just really rewarding to have community and to have friends in the astrological world, to have a cohort of people that are learning the same thing as you. So there's the content, the wisdom school, the community, as well as, you know, a kind of mentorship component in that if you have questions throughout the course, if you're testing out kind of how to apply some of these ideas to your own chart you're welcome to talk to me about it and, you know, ask me questions. And I make myself available in that way because I've always learned astrology with that. You know, I was self-studied for many years, basically as a kid up until 21, uh, when I studied with someone for the first time. And at that point, since 
I've had the blessing to be in conversation with a variety of mentors, astrological and otherwise, and it's part of my lineage and something that I feel is really important to share as a teacher as well. So if you want to learn more about the course and you feel drawn to a plutonic, soul-based, mystical, depth, psyche kind of astrology, you can read the course page for more details linked in the notes. You can enroll there and you can also read student testimonials and get um, an idea of the kind of impact that this course has had. My other announcement is that my novel, my forthcoming fiction novel, The Garden of Sleeping Hammers, is coming out late spring of this year, and I will be announcing more details about it as the time gets closer. You can, for now, listen to the first two chapters that I'm, I read from it on episode 103 of this podcast. And now I'll get into this wonderful episode with Kira. Hey, Kara, I'm really excited to have you back on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me back. I, between my show and yours, we've done a couple good episodes. Yeah, I've been loving your podcast and the group conversations that you bring together. And I love who you pick for the topics. Thank like you. it's super intuitive and like you pick the perfect people. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. You know, I, I just love talking to astrologers. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So I actually was having a dream recently that I was talking to you. I think it was in preparation for this podcast, but I was like asking you a question and I don't remember your answer because I think, you know, it didn't happen yet. And here we are. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. I, was asking you, you know, in line with the topic for this episode, like how you're feeling about your twenties, like now that, you know, I think both of us are 29 now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm curious, like if your life is kind of what you imagined it would be when you were 20 or 21 or like, wow, what a question. (laughs) Um, (laughs) you know, in ways, yes. And in ways, no. Um, when I was 20, I was dating this guy who I'm still really good friends with. We just had a long conversation the other day, actually. And we just always talk about how funny it was, how we knew, we thought we like knew everything and we thought we were so grown up and we were living together. (laughs) So not, (laughs) um, but yeah, I, I definitely probably, I think I pictured being with him, which like absolutely not. Um, I love his, I love his fiance, (laughs) but I could never, I don't know how she does it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think I pictured probably like, you know, being married and having kids probably or something. Um, but I definitely pictured myself being like a career person and sort of like having a job and doing well in whatever career that I was going to be in. I probably thought I would be like the editor of some like magazine or something or like, you know, working at the fader as like the photo editor. Um, Definitely didn't know I would be doing this. Like definitely didn't expect um, to be doing any of this, but yeah, I think just thinking back on my twenties, I, 
it's it literally very much is a second puberty like that's like the best way to to describe it in my opinion it's a second puberty because you grow so much um like tremendously like who I was when I was 19 20 21 um definitely the same person but just less um (laughs) Well, you know, around that time was when Neptune was like on my ascendant. Um, And so very like rose colored glasses, very naive. (laughs) And um, yeah, very like, I don't know, a lot, uh, a lot less, I would say, I would probably say less strong, but you know, I must have been strong (laughs) because I'm still here. Um, but yeah, I was a lot more, I don't know. I'm still a hopeless romantic and all that, but I guess I'm just smarter now. About you. <laughs> yeah. You're a romantic with like excellent timing technique skills who can predict <laughs> when things are going to happen <laughs> and they're right uh, too. It's, it's wild knowing things. That, that always like gets to me. I'm like, I hate, not that I know everything obviously, but like astrology, can can point to some things where you're just like I know I know that this is going to play out in this way and that bothers me but sometimes it's great because I could especially (laughs) when I'm talking to my friends and I'm like you're gonna meet someone next summer and then it happens and it's great every prediction that you've shared with me about what's going on in my life has come true I love that (laughs) I'll be like trying to make something happen and you're like oh it'll work out when this planet like moves into it yeah (laughs) Or the ruler of your fourth does yeah. this. Um, super cool. And when did astrology become part of the picture? It was when I was 21. I had just turned 21. Or it was like in that season, Scorpio season, because one of my friends, Emily, who's a Scorpio, but she's an October Scorpio. It was her birthday. We were at her apartment, like listening to like Drake on vinyl or something. Cause that was her favorite. Um, <laughs> and there was, she's like, did you know that there's like other signs? And she didn't really know what she was talking about, but she was like, yeah, I have this book. And it says like, you have a moon sign and like a rising sign. So it was that day that I learned that I was a Pisces rising and an Aries moon. Um, and then, and then, and then I went to London, I'm pretty sure. And then, um, I came back and it was like winter break and I was home with my family and I remember Googling it, just sitting on the couch, Googling like birth chart calculator or something and then pulling. And I don't even remember how I knew it was called birth charts. Like that part is still lost on me because I don't think that was really, I mean, maybe I had heard it somewhere. I don't know. But um, yeah, I remember Googling it looking at my chart for the first time on some random site called like I fate or something. I fate beta. <laughs> and, um, I have the chart for that moment somewhere around that moment, which is really cool. Um, but I just was stunned and couldn't, I just couldn't really believe what I was seeing. I was, I remember just having this like, Holy shit moment. Um, freaked out, I posted it on Facebook, which is why I know the time I saw it roughly. Um, and that was it. I didn't sleep that night. I just just dove right in. And it, that was over eight years ago. 
And here I am. That's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Then tracking Saturn's cycle, that makes a lot of sense. And Mm -hmm. I feel, I love seeing where you're at with your Saturn return. I feel like you've created a lot in the community. Saturn and Aquarius uh, brought a lot of people Mm -hmm. together, created a lot of community spaces and learning resources. Um, So it's so cool to see that arc located in that way. It is so wild. Yeah. Cause it was my Saturn square, my closing square, like almost exactly when I saw my chart for the first time. So, so what are the, um, the transits that you look at for the, the twenties? And I'd be curious to hear more too about like your impression of what the twenties are about with the second puberty and you know, whatever else. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm looking primarily at both transits and um, annual perfections using perfecting, perfecting from the ascendant. Um, so with transits, the main ones I'm looking at, <clears throat> excuse me, are the Saturn cycle. So um, basically the closing Saturn square, which happens around 21 and completes in the con- the conjunction, which is the Saturn return, um, around 29. And so it's that whole arc. Um, and then also the opening Uranus square, which happens starting around 21 and goes through like the next couple years, early twenties. Um, there's a Jupiter return that happens between 23 and 24. Um, the progressed, not progress, sorry, the nodal reversal that, um, the the return happens around 19. The reversal happens around 27, 28. Um, what else? Those are the main ones. Um, Uranus, Saturn. Yeah. Yeah. And then the annual perfection. So, um, 20 is a ninth house perfection. And then looking at going from there all the way through the houses until you get to 30 at, um, which is the seventh house perfection. So, um, also looking at what houses become activated with each year of life. Yeah. And then a little bit of, um, progressed lunar return. So progressions as well, just really with the, um, progressed lunar return, which happens around the age of 27. This is thorough. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then to answer your other question around, um, just like impressions of the twenties. Yeah. I think I always say, at my old age of 20, 29 and three quarters. <laughs> um, I always say that the twenties are for just figuring shit out. Like I always tell my clients who are, and I love getting my clients that are like Gen Z and, you know, 20, 21, 22, 23, because I get to tell them like, you're not doing anything wrong you're not supposed to know what you're doing. Like there's just, there's no rules. Um, in your twenties, it's just so like figure it out. And I think a lot of people need to hear that. (laughs) I wish I heard that, you know, just that like no one knows what they're doing. Absolutely. No one in their early twenties knows what they're doing. I would argue that no one in their twenties at all knows what they're doing. Um, that, yeah, you're you're kind of still in like a teenage brain or your brain's not even fully developed until you're like 25. So um, I, I think it's just important for people in their early 20s to cut themselves like a whole lot of slack <laughs> because it's just not I think it's a really difficult 
like stage of life. It's, I think it's really difficult early twenties, especially in, um, modern society and Western society where there's not a lot of support. Um, you're kind of thought of as an adult and, you know, once you turn 21, it's like, you're an adult now, like figure it out. And very much not really there. I think like in some ways for sure, you might look like an adult, you know, physically, um, you might have more adult responsibilities, but it's still this weird in between phase where we're not really like nurtured through. And also part of that is because like, I think when we're in that phase because of the, the Uranus square and all these things, it's like, we might not feel like we need that a lot of the times too. It's like, there's, the need for individuation and like kind of breaking free of the nest at that same time. So, um, yeah, I feel like it's a very vulnerable time, um, in people's lives and we don't really talk about it. (laughs) That's also true and evocative. It brings me back and it, I'm really thinking too about being 21, 22 and seeing women in their thirties, And feeling like they're so confident. They have this glow up about them. And I would ask, you know, whenever I would make friends with someone older than me, sometimes it would come up in conversation and I'd be like, does it get easier? Because I'd be in like the throes of some kind of epic crisis. (laughs) (laughs) And they just seemed so grounded and chill. And they were like, yeah, you know, and they're like, it's really hard at that age. And I would get that comment a lot, but also this kind of chasm where there wasn't really an explanation of why it was hard. There was just Mm -hmm. people who seemed like they had gotten through it. were like, oh yeah, I'm calmer now. You'll get here. But like, no matter. (laughs) Yeah. But astrology is. Yeah. Astrology definitely helps. I mean, astrology helped me tremendously during that time because it came to me right at that time and I don't know what I would have done without it honestly without knowing that there was like an end point to the suffering (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what I would have done so what's happening at the the 21 time period with the Saturn Uranus yeah so 21 just to start like I call this year exposed or exposure um, because it's a 10th house perfection so your 10th house becomes activated and the 10th house is the highest point in the chart um, it's you know it tends to be where the midheaven is depending on the house system that you're using um, and so we're talking about like literally like the high, the highest point in the sky, which to me speaks to like exposure. I think of like 12 o'clock noon or just like spotlight on, on top of you coming down. Um, and so it can be, oftentimes this is like either you're leaving college or you're leaving the house for the first time. There's this like entrance into like the quote unquote real world in a new way, um, at 21. And then at the same time, you have these outer planet cycles, um, that are, that are happening and they're squares, right? So we get, um, the opening Uranus square. So Uranus comes to the sign, um, I guess three signs away from where it was when you were born, um, 90 degree angle to that natal placement. Us millennials, um, most of us have Uranus and Capricorn by most, I mean, like, I don't know, like seven out of the 12 years that, that, um, 
the millennial generation is made up of. Um, we have Uranus and Capricorn. So our opening Uranus square happened during the time when Uranus was in Aries. Right now, folks who have Uranus in um, Aquarius natally are dealing with the opening square with Uranus moving through Taurus. Um, those folks are extra special because their Saturn square is also happening. It's like Uranus and Saturn are like switched places and squaring their natal. It's it's a whole thing. I feel bad for them. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but yeah, so you get opening Uranus square um, and that is a particularly interesting transit because it is this sort of like rebellious, this re- rebelliousness that comes over you. And it's sort of this like need to sort of break free of whatever it is that you've been condi- or the patterning that you've kind of been conditioned in. Um, so that will happen like voluntarily and involuntarily, whether it be just like thrown into environments that are shocking and sort of like shocks to your system or like events that happen that sort of like break you free of certain mindsets or what have you it really depend. really look at where the Uranus is in your chart and where the square is happening in your your chart. Um, but generally I feel like the Uranus square is this time where you're like, I'm an adult now and I have to like do something different. Like I have to be something different (laughs) because I'm an adult. Um, but yeah, at the same time, there's that there's, yeah, the separation piece with the square. They're always talking about like some sort of friction or tension where one side kind of wins out over the other. And that's not always always one-sided like some it'll go back and forth but that tends to happen with a square and so um it's painful like squares are (laughs) squares can be painful I feel like the Uranus square can be painful because um you're just like kind of confronting yourself in a lot of ways confront confronting like yeah a lot of patterning that has been there for most of your entire life yeah um so it's hard it can be really like I don't know. Separation can sting. Yeah. I, I went through that. I mean, as anyone does, but like go, I went through it without a conceptual framework of what was happening. And I remember falling asleep every night to like a slideshow of images about my early life. And I was like making rapid connections about my identity Mm. and my family and I didn't know what was happening, but I was also really separating. Like I tracked, um, things I'd picked up from my family and where I wanted to be Mm -hmm. different. And I felt so much tension, like as time passed, it became more relaxed and harmonious, you know, like I didn't feel so, uh, at odds, like with my family Mm -hmm. and my early life conditioning. But at that moment in time, it was like, a crisis inside of myself. And I, yeah, yeah. I so feel that I, I remember I experienced the same thing, like, especially when it's like, you're going off to college and you're in, you're in this, a new space where people are like saying more progressive things usually, or just like different mindsets than what you're, you're used to. And I remember just like, for one recounting like wow all this trauma that happened to me and like that I didn't even realize you know and then you kind of go through this process of like you know what the fuck were my parents doing why didn't they do everything right and then (laughs) 
<laughs> and then you're like, oh, wait, they were just human beings. Like, they didn't know what the fuck they were doing either. Got it. Got it. Like, my mom was my age when she had me. I don't know how I would have done that. Like, I don't know how, how well I would have done either. So, yeah, that was a whole process of sort of, like, coming to terms with my life thus far, real like having a ton of realizations about you know my life thus far and then kind of like having to resolve a lot of that shit totally <laughs> you know like just resolve those that that tension um yeah yeah you're in a square is it's a whole thing and it lasts for years that's the annoying part too <laughs> it's just like three four years of um you know, it's not the entire time, you know, it's not like on the entire time. Obviously, if you're listening to this, you're 21, not to scare you or anything. Um, it's just that it's a process, really. It's like a multi-step process because you're in a smooth slow. Yeah. How do you see it pair with the Saturn, the closing Saturn square? Yeah, the Saturn square. Um, ooh, it's it's different, right? Because with with Uranus, we're talking about breaking free of things and um, sort of having these realizations that tend to feel really like shocking a lot of the times. But the closing Saturn square, Saturn, you think of like the Saturn cycle as being about 30 years long. And throughout that cycle from birth until you reach that that return, um, you're sort of like setting this foundation. And I kind of think of it as like building the foundation of a house. So you're building this foundation and you get to these kind of like crucial steps in that process. First, the first one is that when you're seven years old, the first opening Saturn square, then you get to the Saturn opposition when you're like 14, 15 years old. There's another like kind of crucial, I would even say the crisis moment in the in the cycle in the closing Saturn square at 21 is that last, um, crisis point before the Saturn return. And yeah, it's almost like for me, what I've noticed is that you receive these sort of like really intense lessons that, that contain really, um, potent tools and information that you have no idea that you're going to need for the next seven years. Yeah. (laughs) It's like (laughs) you like thinking back, you know, seven years ago, it's like, wow, I had no idea all the things that I was doing then would be so important. My crown is tingling. (laughs) (laughs) I know maybe that's why I'm touching my head so much. Um, but yeah, it's it's if you're 21 or 22 listening to this just like it's not like don't take it as pressure to like pay attention to everything that's happening right now but just know that like the shit that's happening to you right now it's some you're getting some crucial life info right now for your life that's going to it's going to come back again in seven years at your Saturn return. And you're going to be like, whoa, shit. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that was for. Like, I know. that's why I learned astrology, <sighs> you know, like, oh shit. Um, but yeah, I think the Saturn, and it's hard. Cause again, it's a square. And with Saturn, we're talking about like, again, a crisis in the foundation, like the, the found, foundational process. Um, so it's that last turning point where, you know, you might, 
you're at this like corner, this literal turning point and you kind of see, okay, there's seven years ahead of me. But you, like when you're 21, you're not thinking like, oh yeah, this is what I'll do when I'm 30 or 29. Um, but you know, you kind of know that like, okay, like I'm getting older, you know, I'm like entering my twenties. There's some shit I have to do. There's like that pressure, that weight, the responsibility that comes when you're 21, 22, early twenties. And that is particularly rough because it feels so heavy. It feels so intense. Like I need to do something with my life. I need to become something like, Like it's that pressure to like, and I think also when you're 21, you're in this 10th house a year, you're just like, I need to do something. I'm, I'm only 21 once, like all these, you know, these like stories we play in our heads around all the things that you should be doing when you're 21, um, or in your early twenties or just in your twenties in general. Cause you, cause you're finally like, I have this freedom now, right? Like I'm not a teenager anymore. I'm not in college anymore. Like maybe you are, but, um, there's this like kind of freedom that comes. And then there's also a lot of fear that comes with that too. Of just like, what if I don't choose the right path? What if I'm not, you know, um, yeah, making the most of my time, all of these Saturn, Saturn issues. Yeah. Um, what if my life's going to be a failure? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to choose the wrong path and I'll end up failing. And yeah, there's a lot of that. I, whenever I get clients in their early twenties, I just, my heart like hurts for them because <laughs> I feel the, they just, there's so much fear around like not doing the right thing and not choosing the right path and like basically like choosing a path that's going to end like end them, end them up and have them end up with like no money and like no friends and just like sad, you know? Um, but that's not going to happen. I mean, it'll happen to some people. Sure. But (laughs) it's interesting. (laughs) It's not guaranteed to happen. Yeah. What that pressure can do because I remember feeling that way and I remember the way that it drove me and motivated me and certain things I was able to accomplish because of that fear. And mm-hmm. I don't feel motivated by that fear anymore, but I see that it right. was kicking me once. And I found this way of looking at it as um, if you think that you're behind, you're actually ahead. Like that was kind of the logic that I came up with where it's mm-hmm. like, it's not too late, but you feel like that at 21 or like, it's too late. Yeah. I like miss, yeah. the, <laughs> I miss the wave. And like, I think that you, there's an internal pressure and I just started to kind of read it as that. And, but I still went hard mm-hmm. and I had like a mentor figure who was older tell me, you know, like go for it. Like you have more energy right now than you will when you're older. So just fucking do it now. (laughs) Oh my God. And it's so true. Right. And I'm so mad that like, that's the case, (laughs) but it's so true. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the pressure it's, that's, it's the tension of the square and it's like, yeah, just that pressure to like, okay, you know, we have seven years left until the Saturn returns. So what are we going to do? And literally what you need to do in those seven years, is just figure out what you like, like figure out what you want. Um, try things like experiment. 
in your twenties, that's like what you're meant to be doing in my opinion. Um, because that's how you like build character and you build relationships and you just do a bunch of different shit. And, um, I mean, if you have a path, that's like your path and you know, whatever, but it's okay if you have a job that sucks, you know, it's okay if you like, <laughs> you know, take, take a job and you fail at it. And it's, that's, it's totally okay. Cause you're like 24 and who cares, you know, um, <laughs> it sucks when you're in it, but all of those things make it so you figure out like where you're supposed to be. You're not going to know unless you try, like, you know, I, I was working in advertising and it was like, whoa, holy shit, I'm working in advertising. I'm making like some money, you know, I, you know, working in this amazing office, with all these hot young people. But I then being there and having to work, and, like <laughs> realize that it's just not, it's not what I needed. It's not good for me. Um, but I wouldn't have never known that. And I wouldn't have started to write astrological content if I didn't work at that job. Um, so yeah, your experiences are going to lead you to where you need to be, but you have to just like start somewhere and I wouldn't be too afraid of picking the wrong path. Basically everyone's afraid of that, Yeah, <laughs> which I totally get. Cause same. <laughs> I, yeah, that 10th house perfection part also is creating a lot of associations for me. I literally never considered that before cause I'm not too deep into perfections yet. Um, but I remember feeling like an epic yeah. failure at 21 when I made mistakes. <laughs> yeah. I was like, my life's over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? I also wanted to be really Bad. successful and like famous and stuff. So I was thinking about like public life and all that 10th house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what comes next? Um, is it the, you mentioned like 23 yeah. So <clears throat> 20, 22, you're basically just like, it's like the same, same shit. <laughs> 22 is nice. Cause it's an 11th house perfection. So, um, it tends to be more about like community and like really building a network, um, meeting more people and yeah, like kind of finding your people. Um, but yeah, the Uranus square is still on at that point. The Saturn square is still on. And then you get to 23 and 23 is like a whole, a whole year in and of of itself because it's a 12th house perfection. So, um, yeah, 12th house, 12th house stuff comes up. And I think, it's important. 23 is like an important one to note, I think, because it, it's the end of a cycle. Like when you're in the 12th house, one, you're like completing a Jupiter cycle, which is every 12 years. So around 23, you get your Jupiter return. Um, usually happens between 23 and 24. Sometimes you'll get it twice depending on where your Jupiter is. But, um, yeah, there's, there's like the closing out of a whole Jupiter 12 year cycle. And then also the 12 year cycle of just like annual perfections going around, you know, your houses. So you're in the 12th house and it's a place where it's funny how it kind of also aligns with the Jupiter cycle too, because last time you're in the 12th house is 11 years old. Um, and that also is like right around the, the, um, first Jupiter return. 
So there's like this growth death cycle that's like kind of intertwined into one or birth death cycle. Um, and 23 just tends to be a year where we have to come back to ourselves and that like coming back to ourselves can be, um, painful because, um, it has a lot to do with, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Sometimes loss, but I think it's more about like a lot of it's grief too. Like, you know, and depression really <laughs> like a lot of it's depression. A lot of it's anxiety. And, and this is not to say every single person goes through this cause that's not the case. But I think what happens around 23 is like, you know, you're kind of coming off of a high of like the 21, 22. I'm an adult, like I'm doing all the things. You might have all this energy to like put towards some ideas. Um, and I think at 23 in the 12th house year, there's just a lot of contemplation that happens. And there's sort of like another turning point where you're like, okay, where like I tried these things, didn't work out, or maybe some of them worked out, but not in the ways that I wanted them to. Where do I go next? Um, and that contemplation can kind of bring up some stuff, right? And oftentimes what happens in a 12th house year is like you're literally isolated in some way, whether that be like, you know, you just kind of say like, fuck my friends, I don't like these people anymore. I'm not going to hang out with them. <laughs> or, you know, maybe you move or something else happens where you're not really um, engaged with folks as much. Um, or you just find yourself just having more alone time, whether you create that for yourself or, you know, circumstances create yeah. that for you. But or I imagine some people are in like toxic relationships where they isolate yeah, and trapped. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Feeling trapped, feeling like, you know, the 12th house is where Saturn has its joy. So a lot of Saturnian um, sort of keywords come up around that isolation, loneliness, depression, um, just feeling distant from everyone. I had like the most Saturn 12th house year ever because um, on the day of my birthday, my 23rd birthday, it was a Saturn sun exact conjunction and it was a 12th house year. So and I have Saturn in the 12th house. So my 12th house became activated with Saturn in the 12th in a 12th house year. And with Saturn sun conjunction on my birthday in the 12th house of the Saturn of the solar return chart. <laughs> And I just lived in this tiny room that didn't have windows, this dark, small room. The whole the apartment didn't have windows except in my roommate's room. So when their doors were closed, it was just like this dark, small apartment, you know, smelled weird, old furniture, all that shit. Um, and I didn't have a job for most of it. And I was just like depressed, lonely just like so bored <laughs> by myself. I, I had had friends around luckily because my Saturn rules my 11th house. So, um, but yeah, it was just so lonely and depressing and I was just like the most anxious and sad I had like ever been. And it was so Saturnian, but it's amazing. It's like a contraction. It's this huge contraction that tends to happen. Um, and then, you know, then my first house year came and it got better. But uh, <laughs> I just love to talk to people who are 23 because, you know, I just, you should know that it, you're not, there's nothing wrong with you. It's, this is just part of the cycle. 
that um, we all go through. And 23 can can be a year where there's just like, you know, things are slower, things are quieter. You might have less energy. Um, doesn't mean it's going to be like that forever. It doesn't mean like it's going to be like that the entire year either, but that tends to be a sort of common theme. Some people's 23rd years are like bomb yeah, and amazing. I had a pretty good um, one, but it, it had yeah. some... I had like a lot of kundalini experiences. Like I started doing kundalini mm. yoga and then I would actually, it wasn't negative for me, but I did have these like anxiety episodes and then I would self soothe and then I'd see all these colors and the anxiety would go away. Mm. So I was having this like magical clearing. I had some really potent like romantic relationships and like crises in those relationships, but overall it was kind of mystical. And then my first house year was like the most difficult year after that. Wow. Yeah. But that's interesting. Someone kind of framed it for me that the ruler of my 12th is in domicile, but the ruler of Mm -hmm. my first is in fall. So it added a little bit of that. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, we have the same 12th and first (laughs) same rulers. Um, and I think for me, well, our sect, we have different sects. Um, my first house year was definitely better. I think mainly because I wasn't like unemployed anymore. That was like a big part of it for me was I was just like, you know, felt so worthless cause I didn't, I couldn't get a job and it was just this whole thing. Um, but, and that was just like so much pressure to like, I just didn't want to rely on my parents and yeah, the Saturn pressure. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's an interesting year. I, I kind of think of it as just like you, like you come back to yourself at, at in the 12th house year, 12th house, yeah. house experience. Like you kind of have to like fall apart a little bit, um, in order to like figure out how to put yourself back together, which is a very Saturnian thing. I think is like figuring out how to like structure your life and structure yourself. Yeah. Um, and also just like the, like structure your reality too. Cause that's very 12th house and Saturn. Like make, how do you make sense of all of this stuff? <laughs> how do you make sense of like reality? Right. And I think that is what you have to confront in a 12th house year. That makes sense. Um, and so then the first house year starts at 24 and that's also around the Jupiter return. Yeah. Yeah. I, I call 2021 rebirth, um, because you're in a first, sorry, 24 because you're in a first house year. Um, and you're back in, yeah, the first house it's about your body and the first house is what is what represents birth in the birth chart. Um, so it tends to be a year where you feel a little bit more embodied and less like kind of floating. Um, in the 12th house year, just a little bit more grounded usually in the, in the first house year, it's so much about your identity and that's really about how you identify. It's not as much about how other people see you or how other people, you know, are labeling you. It's how you want to label yourself, what you want to look like. Um, yeah, maybe more attention on your appearance and all of that. And again, your Jupiter return has like come at that point. So, um, or 
comes at 24 if it didn't come at 23 so there is also this sort of like almost like a newfound perspective on life too that comes around then where you can kind of just like yeah see things a little bit differently and maybe have a shift in in your systems of belief or um yeah how you sort of perceive of things yeah and then what comes after that so let's see major the, the next major cycle after that would be like 27 um what well, happens in your 27 25 25 is like universally a, a year where you're stressed about money <laughs> or something happens when it around money at 25 it's the second house year and it's usually like i need to get i need a better job or like i need to like get, you know, get more money out of this situation or I need to find a side hustle. Like it's like always about money. And usually, you know, in today's world, usually it's around being stressed about money, but sometimes you get a bunch of money. You never know. Um, (laughs) and then 26 happens. I love 26 for most people, um, because it's a third house year. And I think what tends to happen at 26 is you you sometimes gain new skills that you can become like really good at, really good at, or you start to hone a particular skill um, and just like start working on that more. So 26 tends to be kind of skill oriented in my experience. Um, and then your progressed lunar return begins like at the end of 26. So progressed lunar return happens. Um, do you work with that at all, Sabrina? I do. Yeah. I like I wasn't conscious me, of I, mine while it was happening. <clears throat> okay. Or maybe I was. I had a progressed new moon too. Yeah, I was aware oh, of it. Yeah. Never mind. Okay. I was I was aware of mine like painful to like a painful <laughs> degree, I feel like. Um but I I would say like the progressed lunar return has this interesting like it's like a preparation for the Saturn return in a way, but I, f- it feels a lot more about the physical body. Um, because yeah, you, you're kind of, well, I'll get into 27 cause I call 27 homecoming and, um, that's because it's a fourth house year. So fourth house is related to the home and family, but also the progress lunar return happens like right around the beginning of 27. Um, and there is this like homecoming energy to that too. And by that, I mean, there's this, um, sometimes literally people move home. I, I've seen it a lot at 27 people like move back in with their families. They move back to their hometowns um, or they just go back and visit their hometowns or they visit their, you know, place of origin or, you know, where their ancestors are from or something. There's just like anchoring energy to 27 where it's like, you have to come home. You have to reroute yourself or root yourself somewhere in order to figure out where to go next. Um, Or in order to like, like make a pivot from that point you have to sort of like yeah there's this inward like downward pull to that year um yeah and the progressed lunar return feels like 
it's like what the Saturn returns doing around like the structure of our life and making sure that's like a sound, solid, durable structure. The lunar returns kind of doing that, but it feels more intimately connected to our bodies and our physical mm-hmm. forms and even like our emotional selves. Um, but yeah, that's it's interesting. Sort of like I never thought of it this that preparation. way. Cause yeah. How do you, how do you do it? Yeah. Well, I mean, on the note with the body though, my moons in Taurus and my progressed lunar return, I was obsessed with cooking and I was vegan and I learned Ayurveda and I made like yeah. all of my meals every day. <laughs> and then I kind of like that shifted, but I was really, really into food and having this like I just loved cooking. Like I didn't even care about like, I mean, the eating part and the food tasted good, but I liked to see a meal like come into fruition and like be in that alchemical process. Like I was just zoned in on that mm. and I bought cookbooks and I love that. I was like reading cookbooks cover to cover. Like it was this whole thing. <sighs> and I never, I you know, that. I thought about it in terms of Taurus and having moon and Taurus mm-hmm. and food and whatever, but I thought of the progressed lunar return as like, um, you know, I don't know if I have too complex a theory about it. Like it, I like how you're describing it of this equivalent to the Saturn return, but more for the body. I think I would have probably looked at it in terms of one's emotional, like cohesion with themselves or like a sense of identity, um, a sense of feeling like secure emotionally. Um, but I still, Mm -hmm. the progressions are like an open area of inquiry for me because I've noticed like at my progressed new moon, for example, I met someone and got in a relationship and his son was at the same exact degree as my progressed new moon. Mm -hmm. And I've talked to clients who have had that experience too, where a person shows up. And so the progression feels like there's something happening that's so compelling at an inner level and your reality will mirror it. But Mm -hmm. that's kind of as far as I'd gotten. Yeah. I think that that tracks for me. Mine was, um, my progress, my progress lunar return was in my, my moon's in the second house in Aries. And that's when I started, um, I was like working full time and doing a lot of astrology. So I was just like, I was making more money than, I had ever made, but I was like working myself to the bone as I still am doing, as you know, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, that was, that was a lot. Um, yeah. So progressive, progressed lunar return happens. And then you're also in this fourth house year, um, which again, themes around home and family ancestry, lineage land comes up around that. Um, and then also you get your progressed, the beginning of your progress. Sorry, I always switch these up. The nodal re- reversal happens um, around 27. And it doesn't perfect until like right before you turn 28, but it's pretty much happening throughout your 27th year. And what that looks like is there's eclipses happening in the same signs where your natal nodes are, but then the nodes are switched the north nodes at the south node south nodes at the north node um and we just got out of those like last year yeah. <laughs> those eclipses for for us but i mean the way i like to describe the progress oh, i always say this <laughs> the way i like to describe the um nodal reversal is um it's like you 
become very, very, very clear around your patterning over the past nine years since the nodal return when you were like 18, 19. Um, you become super clear around what your patterning is and you sort of get these opportunities to like change course and do something different. Um, and it really feels like a choice, but at the same time, it feels it tends to feel very faded and like you're being pulled pretty strongly in one direction. You can ignore that call if you want. Um, but <laughs> if it, it tends to be this kind of like very obvious, like this oh. is what you should do to get out of this patterning. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. I'm making connections because <laughs> my, you know, nodes in cancer Capricorn. And I remember the nodal reversal brought up some stressors around work-life balance and home life, work life mm-hmm. balance, and just being mm-hmm. like, it takes a lot of energy to create a business or to create, you know, business projects. And during that time in my life, it became really clear how much I was favoring that over just like, even like house, like taking care of the house. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Same. <laughs> and it really, um, it created tension in my living situation. Cause I was just like this entrepreneur who was like mm-hmm. secluding myself in my room to work. And that was creating friction in my life and getting the reflection from my housemates about how I was participating with the house, you know, being this person who's just working all the time and whatever. And it's mm-hmm. like, I don't feel like I get a lot of reflection from friends or family or people in my life of, oh, you work too much now, or like you don't have enough time for the house or for us or like any of that kind of stuff. But at that nodal mm-hmm. reversal, it was a really strong theme. And I was like, I'm in my fucking nodes. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> I had the exact same experience where, but it was, I was just living with my a boyfriend at the time. And that was his number one complaint. Like we were both working a lot. He was going through Saturn return, like, all that. But, um, that was his major complaint was that I was always working or doing things for, you know, outside of our relationship that, and I wasn't, um, like taking care of the house enough and yeah, had the exact same experience <laughs> yeah. and I didn't want to, I just like, couldn't care about anything else besides like, same, you know, work. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny because that that confrontation, while it wasn't resolved in that moment, it did open up a deepening around like work-life balance resolution after that. And I would, I found myself in this trap or this cycle of I'm working harder to have my life be easier. And once I'm done Mm -hmm. with this project or done with this thing or this development, then I can relax. But I would literally be Uh. inventing structures that I could relax into you know, and at this point I feel like I'm in the fruits of it where I'm still working, but there's, there's hours that I reserve for myself. So I, I don't impede into those. Um, Mm -hmm. but I'm not, I don't feel like I have to grind right now. Like I do feel like I'm actually relaxing in the structure that I built and that I, you know, but back then I would cry. I was like working too hard and I would just cry. I'd be like, I have to finish everything. I'm on all these deadlines. And yeah, I'd cry. That's where and I'm at right now. <laughs> it's such a Cancer Capricorn life thing, you know? It is. That's so true. Yeah. Oh, gosh. You're making me. Where's your Mars again? Pisces in the 12th. 
Is it, is it close to your son or no? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. Yeah. Cause I have, like, both of us are in, you know, solar perfections, but I have my son conjunct Mars, which is a malefic out of sect. And it's killing me because <laughs> I'm in that grind. And I'm like, oh, wow, you're, you know, the difference between having, um, yeah, just like we're both in these solar six house years. Mine has been manifesting. It's like such a grind. And I feel like it's just that malefic influence um, where I'm really happy to hear it's not like that for you. <laughs> It's been a process. More, more Piscean, more chill, more flowy. I like that. I like to hear it. I'm going to get there. <laughs> <laughs> but you like, so your Saturn return exacted, right? And you had like mm-hmm. a pretty good one. Yeah, my Saturn, the Saturn returns, the exact ones weren't that bad. I had three already. Um finished January 2nd. Those were good. It was, they were very, um, sort of, well, the first two were like, it's not that they were were good. I shouldn't say they were like great or anything, but I was pleasantly surprised because I felt like I I got a lot of profound, like meaning out of them. Um, and it felt Saturn really manifested as like a very gentle spirit for me, um, at first, at least (laughs) during this, during the returns. Um, and I realized it was so much about like, yeah, like structuring my reality and, um, just in space, that was like a really big word for me for my Saturn return was like space and creating my own space for me to like kind of thrive in, um, and all of that. But yeah, lately it's been more, um, and I don't know if this is because like Jupiter is also in the 12th with Saturn and Jupiter is my chart ruler as it is yours. So, um, I don't know the extent of it, but it's been, it's just been like so much pressure and it's been feeling, yeah, I've just been feeling a shit ton of pressure. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it really started with that, that like stellium and Aquarius that was just like in, in the 12th oh, house, yeah. just like breathing down my neck and it's, it's gotten better since then, but it's just been sort of like a grind really. And I think it's just like malefic stuff. <laughs> It's just the malefics messing with me for a little bit, mm-hmm. but making me stronger, not messing <laughs> with me, making, making me stronger. <laughs> um, well, from, I guess the outside, I feel like I see you doing all these magical things and like shining and stuff. So, but I know too, it's like you do a lot. So I think I was listening to, um, your, you interviewing Jason Holly and talking about like the Mars combust or is that how you yeah is it combust I'm not sure on the technicality my Mars yeah my Mars yeah yeah my Mars is combust yeah so I don't have too much of a concept of combust a little bit from hearing people talk about it um but that was interesting to think about like I started to tune in with that and just like even just Aries energy so like me sun and Aries you moon like that desire to just always do stuff and like 
the cost of that and like learning about how to navigate that. And it does come from a place of enthusiasm, but it's like the body has to deal with it too. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Especially with, yeah, the Aries moon. It's like, I don't know, both of our Aries placements are, I think in the second decade, is yours at like 12 degrees or something? 16. Oh, 16. Okay. Yeah. So close to mine. Mine's at 14. Um, and yeah, it's like the sun's decan too of Aries. So there is so much like enthusiasm. I feel like that Aries, that spark, and you know exactly what it is when you like get this thing, you're like, I got to do it. And you're like, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And there's just like this whole like body, spirit, like energy around just like putting everything into that one direction and like going for it. Um, and I think that's part of it. It's just like, yes, I need to do this. This is like brilliant. Got to do it. And like, I'm able to do it a lot of the times, but I do it too often. (laughs) (laughs) And there's too many things that I like feel that way about. And so, yeah, the burnout piece is definitely very, very real. Um, but I'm getting there. I'm figuring it out. That's what this six house year is all about, I think. Yeah. So what's the, um, how do you contextualize or like talk about the Saturn return in this whole arc? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 27 is that major like turning point. And I think that that will put you back onto a path um, towards your Saturn return. So after that, right when your nodal reversal becomes exact, right after that, you turn 28, 28, it's about figuring out what you like. (laughs) It's like, what feels good? What turns me on? What sparks joy? What is pleasurable? Oh, the fifth house Um, perfection. I loved it. The the fifth house. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, you know, yeah. What things like, what do you actually like to do? Um, because, it's important to figure that stuff out. It's really important actually. And I like whenever I get a 28 year old client, I'm like, this is your assignment for the year. Find all the things that you like to do and get really clear about that. Um, cause you, you, it's just important. It's important like in your relationships for you to like to know those things so that you're not relying on other people to provide them for you. Um, or like be that be that thing for you. Like it's important for you to know what those things are so that you can do, get them for yourself. Um, but yeah, that sort of starts to prepare you for the Saturn return, which can start at 20, 28. Mine started at 28. Um, but for some people it doesn't hit exact until 29 or even 30. Um, but basically it starts when Saturn returns to the sign that it was in when you were born and it lasts for that, that duration of the time that Saturn is in that sign. Um, and so you're really in the thick of the Saturn return at 29. Um, and 29 is the sixth house perfection year. So, yeah, we're talking my, my word, my phrase for 29 is it's a grind. Like that's, that's it. It's a grind. <laughs> um, the six houses where Mars rejoices. So we get this correlation to, um, pain or just labor or just like having to, to work, to do, to take action. Um, oftentimes there's things related to the physical body that come up at 29 when you're in a six house perfection. Um, similarly, like things can come up 
with the Saturn return too, especially when we're talking about your bones, like your, your the structure teeth. of your body, your teeth. Don't get me started. Major jaw problems yeah. this past week. I'm so week. obsessed with dentistry and like orthodontics right now. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get dental insurance and I'm really pissed because I like met, I like signed up for it, but something went wrong and I didn't see it in time. And so I don't have dental insurance right now and I don't know what to do. Cause of course now I have this jaw issue. Um, but yeah, it's like teeth stuff come up a lot. Um, <laughs> bone stuff. Oftentimes back stuff is like a huge thing. Okay. Sorry, there was a delay. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just remembering like it wasn't it was before I was 29, but I went to the dentist and it's really scary when you go and they tell you like, hey, here's this problem. And if you don't fix it, here's what's going to happen to your mouth. It's so it's just like kind of, you know, but then it kind of. I was like, okay, I'm going to take care of it, this. And I had a friend talk about she didn't go to the dentist for like five years. And I got like very serious. Like, I feel like my demeanor totally changed. And I was like embodying Saturn. I was like, you have to go to the dentist. Your teeth could fall out. I'm just like, (laughs) it's so, it's such a Saturnian thing. Like, it really is. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I've gotten very, but it's felt kind of good to, to go and like, yeah, I had to get like a little procedure that involved getting numbed up and it was scary, but it happened, you know, and like, yeah. 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 Dentist stuff is, is rough. Um, (laughs) but yeah, body stuff in general is rough and, um, body stuff often comes up around this time where you're like, Oh shit, I guess I'm getting old now. Like, I guess this is something that starts to happen when you're 29, 30, your body starts to get, you know, you get pains that you don't remember having and stuff like that. Um, or conversely, you know, you could just start to get more serious about your, you know, taking care of your body. And that's sometimes, you know, a health thing will come up that kind of triggers that. And it might not be like this horrible, huge thing that happens, but you know, you get a scare and you're like, holy shit, I need to really start taking care of myself. (laughs) So that tends to happen. Um, and then there's just like work, the work associations with the sixth house and then also with Saturn. Um, so oftentimes around this time, 2930, you'll take on more work responsibilities, you know, um, especially if the Saturn, if Saturn's connected to your 10th house or mid heaven, um, either by like it's up there or it rules, you know, that point, um, or not, it can, it can come up that way in a lot of ways, but yeah, there's just like pressure to perform pressure to, you know, accomplish, achieve, um, and sometimes that comes with changes in work or changes in career path. Um, but yeah, there tends to Saturn return just tends to feel like a lot of pressure, a lot of responsibility, a lot of weight on your shoulders where you feel like, you know, you got to get it right. You got to set yourself up and you really do. It's not like I'm saying that like, you have to get it right. Like someone's going to check your work, but <laughs> you know, it's, your it, life. it's this time where, yeah, it's your life, but yeah, it's, it's a time where you're really meant to sort of like, you know, you're finishing up the foundation of your house and you want it to be sturdy. You want it to last you for the next 30 years. So you do have to take it seriously and you do kind of have to step up 
to the responsibilities that are being handed to you. And that is really hard and it's difficult, but that's life. That's Saturn. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, yeah, that's a big part of 29, especially when it comes to like work stuff and figuring out that work life balance, figuring out like, yeah, how much your physical body can take. Um, and then, and that is, that can be hard. It's a hard year. Um, I used to, tell, I used to tell people like when I was young when I was like 25, 26, like you don't want to date a 29 year old. Just don't date 29 year olds. They're going through their Saturn return. Um, and then I dated a 29 year old when, <laughs> when he was going through his Saturn return and I'm like, Oh yeah, this is why they, this is why I was telling people not to do that. And now I'm a 29 year old and I'm like, of course no one wants to date me right now. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, and that, of course that does like, I'm not being serious, but all I mean is that like, it's a rough year. It tends to be kind of difficult for folks. Um, when you're going through it, doesn't mean it's going to be like the worst year of your life. It's just like, it's very much a grind. It's like that every day, like God, okay. You know, gotta, gotta tackle this one again today. Um, and it just comes with challenges of the Saturn return, you know, but it's not, yeah, that's not to scare anyone. I think it can be a really good year for some people too, especially it really depends on your birth chart. Like we're talking so general here. Um, cause I've seen it be like a really special year for folks where they finally find that career path that they, you know, really were hoping to, to get on or like, you know, they go back to school finally and they're just the work, the grind just represents like a shit ton of schoolwork, a shit ton of like a huge course load, but like, it's still exciting cause they're doing what they yeah. want to do. So i I can resonate with that right now. Like I'm in, I just turned 29 and I'm having fun and I'm doing a lot. So, and it's like, yeah, keeping up with all of it. But M. Scott Peck in uh, The Roadless Traveled, I think it is. Like, I think the premise, the beginning chapter is something like life is hard. And Mm. I think um, he's entering into that with this like, Saturnian, like we have this desire, this fantasy for life to be easy, but life is actually full of challenges. So what are you going to do about that? (laughs) And I feel like having some maps for working through challenges um, of any kind is like really meaningful at that, you know? And so thinking about mapping out the twenties, I think it's so cool, like that you've done this and, um, have then created that map for like what it's like to move through all these times and just, yeah, I wonder, like, it's cool that people who are in their early twenties can access this. I wonder what I would have done with that information at that age. It's hard to say, but I just kind of even remember taking selfies when I was 20 or 21 and like kind of looking scared when I looked back at my face and I was like, why do I look scared in my selfies? (laughs) Like I'm trying to look cute, but I just look terrified, you know? Yeah. And then you kind of see that like glow up basically that happens and there's this blossoming or this like ripening and it doesn't come without confronting all this difficult stuff or having epic crisis occur. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I just think, uh, yeah, having a map could be really helpful and grounding and like hope giving 
or normalizing when these things are coming up along the road. Yeah. Yeah. I think both of those things are important, like having hope and, and knowing that like, you know, things, shitty times do end that they don't last forever. I think that's one of my, that's, that's like what astrology gave me when in my twenties that really did, I think, save my life in a lot of ways, just knowing like I'm in this 12th house Saturn year, like it's going to end when I turn 24 and I'll be in a Jupiter year and things will be different. Like that really got me through 23, um, like, which was a really difficult time. So yeah, that part's really important. And then also, yeah, the roadmap part, it's all, it's how I fall in love with astrology in my twenties and moving through difficult times. So yeah, this, the lecture that I gave for, um, the queer astrology conference in 2020, how to survive your twenties is really like what I wish I had when I was, you know, 19, (laughs) just about to enter mine. So I hope it was helpful, helpful for people. Hope this is helpful for people. I'm sure it is. I was making a lot of like connections that were new, which was psychedelic and fun <laughs> and clarifying. Oh, I have a question for you, actually. Because yeah. um, something else happens at 29, 29, 30 that we haven't really touched on. It's about 29, actually, um, is the Uranus trine. Um, and I wanted to know if you've experienced anything with that yet or have noticed anything because it's one of those things where it's like you know trines don't tend to come up as super like you know they don't hit as hard as a square in opposition or a conjunction but um I think the Uranus trine can look like some like sudden like you know sudden breakthroughs or like opportunities that come up where you're like whoa okay I'll roll with this. I didn't expect it to go that way. (laughs) That's been my experience. I totally wasn't thinking about the Uranus trine at all, but I moved to Portland because of a vision I had in the bathtub during an eclipse that just told me to move to Portland and create a home. And since I've been here, I've had a lot of like, I'm having fun and like exciting things are happening that I'm not expecting and I'm rolling with it. And I think as it's happening, I'm like, I'm so glad I listened to that whisper to move. Like it wasn't, my living situation was great. I was enjoying my friendships and everything in the Bay area, but I knew that I didn't want to build roots there. So I was waiting for that inspiration, but when it came, I listened. So that's, yeah. I love that. I'm glad that, yeah. Yeah, it it makes me just think to like the Uranus square, like the the opening square when you're like 21, 22 and how there's like that tension there of like individuating and like, you know, like being different from everyone. And I feel like the trine in during your Saturn return is sort of like a softening of that and just being like just like a realization of like who you really are. It's there's like this identity piece to it. I feel like that's just more accepting and less like a struggle to like exert your individuality. And it's just like, Oh yeah, this is just like who I am. And I'm cool with that. How, not that every single person feels that, but yeah. How are you feeling it? Uh, How am I feeling it? I don't, I feel like, yeah, that more of that last piece, I think just a little bit more acceptance around like, you know, not needing to be like 
who, you know, the coolest, like, you know, you know, when you're like young and you're like, I got to be cool. I got to wear cool clothes. I got to stand out. <laughs> I still want to be cool and wear cool clothes and all that. But like, it's more of just like an acceptance of who I really am and less so of like, you know, trying stuff out and, and needing to like figure, figure it out. You know, it's just kind of like, yeah, this is just who I am. Like, I'm pretty cool, but I'm not, I'm not TikTok cool and that's okay. <laughs> You're really cool. Uh, you're like one of the coolest people in the astrology community. Uh, thank you. If you would have told 12 year old me that she would have like fainted. So how can people find you, connect with your work, work with you? Yeah. Um, you can find me at astrology.com at the astrology on Instagram and clubhouse and at the astrology underscore on Twitter. Um, I am not re- doing readings right now cause I'm mostly just focusing on my course, the astrology fundamentals course, um, which just started. It's been really cool. Um, and then I also have the 11th house, which is my membership community, which is super fun. And it's, you know, a place for astro nerds to connect. And, um, we do monthly gatherings a couple times a month and guest workshops and a whole bunch of cool things. So, um, yeah, focusing mostly on those right now. And then also the, the astrology show, my podcast, um, which Sabrina has been on like three episodes I think already (laughs) I love it it's been fun Um, it's great right um so yeah mostly focusing on that right now um the doors to the 11th house will open back up in a couple months and I'm pretty sure I'll do another cohort of the astrology fundamentals in the fall so yeah that I'm mostly just focusing on that I'm I'm excited to get back to readings eventually um but there's just not time for it right now. So that's I'm with you on that focused on courses and there's some good like yeah. work life balance, you know, like, it's yeah, necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but we're both like seven house <laughs> people. So we, we both like love doing readings and it's hard to kind of give it and up. And projectors I think. like we're good with one on one. Exactly. So exactly. Yeah. I feel like you you have this like oracular futuristic like timing gift <laughs> that's really powerful. So um, I'm always in awe of it and I love the uh, podcast thank and thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Well, this was super illuminating. I wonder if you as the listener, if you are older, what kinds of connections you made about your past. And if you are at the onset of your 20s, how you are preparing for this journey ahead and the Saturn return. And yeah, I was preparing or thinking about my Saturn return from the age of 21. And I think in the end, that was a good choice because I just kind of had that download that the, the things that we're up to, the adventures that we're having, the things that we invest our time and energy and devotion to the exploration of our passions, all of this adds up. And if we know that that's happening, then we may as well play the game. That's how I looked at it anyway. But it was also 
you know, a time of a lot of unknown too. And I really loved this perspective around not knowing what you're doing. That was another piece of advice uh, that really struck me in my mid twenties was a friend's mom saying that it's kind of like you're on a boat um, or that you have two boats or something. (laughs) I, I don't even remember the metaphor. I shouldn't even try, but something about like sometimes people think in their twenties that they have to figure out their career and their romantic life. Like they want to have their career be stellar and also get married and do everything. And that that's a lot. And that if you get one of those things going, uh, if you just have one area of your life that's thriving, then that's kind of like more than enough. And that was a really cool, you know, it stuck with me and I just never heard anyone put it that way. So anyway, since having this episode, I've been just kind of lit up and thinking about uh, where people are at in their 20s uh, based on this conversation. And when I'm talking to people with kids who have, you know, their kids are like 21 or 25 or something, I've just been thinking about this time period and seeing it link up, like seeing how accurate it is. So what else did I want to say? Well, of course, uh, if you have been enjoying this podcast, I would love to read your review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. If you take a screenshot of your review before you click submit and email it to me at sabrina at monarchastrology.com, I'll send you a resource library about creating and elevating your reality. It is several hours of content around the intersections between astrology and manifestation. And I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did, and I'll see you next time.